Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone. Welcome to The Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello. Hi, uh, Sam. Hello. How's it going? Going okay. Um, still stuck inside. It's now going on, what, like two weeks almost? But we got Animal Crossing, I guess, so one bright spot. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I mean, I'll buy a different game. You just name the game and I'll get it. I feel like you didn't understand the magic of Animal Crossing until you started playing Animal Crossing. And now, and you were playing it all day. Well, no, I'm very aware that I get sucked into those kind of games. And (laughs) they're like games that require you to like build up an inventory of, of, random goods uh, and uh, just a lot of money. And so it just takes a lot of time. And then before you know it, it's like, oh my God, where'd my whole day go? I don't know. I was in this virtual Animal Crossing world. And you want it all. Like you want all the things. Yeah, for no reason. For no None reason. None of these things will help my actual life where I'm stuck inside doing nothing. Maybe it's because I just want to be outside so badly. <laughs> I live outside through the world of Animal Crossing. Yes. That is true. Um, When you start Animal Crossing, it says, my new life is underway. I can do whatever I want. Woohoo. And that's what I want right now. (laughs) Like, I can't do like. Well, that's not what they actually say. They actually get. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I've actually learned their whole language. So (laughs) I'm not fluent in it. You're fluent in Tom Nook's language. (laughs) (laughs) What you just say? This is a deep cut for uh, <laughs> people who don't play Animal Crossing are going to be so confused. As far as my Twitter feed goes, everyone plays Animal Crossing. All right, so everybody should understand what I just said. <laughs> but besides Animal Crossing, we're still watching Lizzie McGuire. Also watching Tiger King. <laughs> Get some Joe Exotic in your life. <laughs> Very different from Lizzie McGuire. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, we're doing all the things. We're, I think we're processing our trauma via Animal Crossing and Tiger King and not doing the things we're supposed to be doing. I mean, what am I supposed to be doing, honestly? I guess I, I guess that's true. I have things I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I have no obligations. <laughs> I have been um, contacting random dealerships and telling them that I'm interested yeah. in a car, but I have no means to buy a car right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we are watching... Lizzie McGuire, keeping up with the podcast. It adds some structure in our life, you know? Yeah, it's like, how do I know when it's Tuesday? (laughs) I guess it's because I released an episode of this podcast. (laughs) That means that it's Tuesday. Truly. It's really, you know what else is really sad? Um, Like signing off emails on Friday and like, do you say have a great weekend? Like, it's not going to be a great weekend. Yeah. It's going to be the same as it's every other be day. the same. Like, you may as well still be working. Yeah. Well, today in the world of Lizzie McGuire, we are recapping episode 108, Misadventures in Babysitting. And when I Googled this episode to, you know, look up the description, Full House also has an episode called Misadventures in Babysitting. Wow. popped up first. Two shows with the same episode title. So much drama. So much drama. And in case you were wondering, I did add that other clip to the soundboard. So now we also have... I can't believe I'm going to meet Eric Carter! And those are the only two sounds we have on the soundboard. We're very committed to our Sam McGuire soundboard. Eventually I'll put the... um. The Matt McGuire clip we talked about on the soundboard as well, but I have to go back into the hard drive and pull it, and that just seems like a lot of work. And it's like, I have no time these days. 
Right. None at all. <laughs> so, you know, when I get around to that, that'll also make it to the soundboard. But for now, those are the only two sounds that we have. So much drama. I love it. They're great. They're great clips mm-hmm. that we will utilize. Yes. Especially in this episode. There is a lot of drama. I know. And it's all his fault. So. <laughs> As always. In Misadventures in Babysitting, chaos erupts when Lizzie babysits her little brother, Matt, with the help of pals Gordo and Miranda. And this episode aired on April 6th, 2001. Yeah, this episode is all about uh, Lizzie's parents trusting her to babysit. And she's 13, which I feel like is even on the older side of being entrusted to be home alone. But they have really no reason, I feel, not to trust her, so... It's kind of just an episode about her parents being really strict for no reason. Yeah. um, By the time I was 13, I was babysitting my neighbor's kids. Yeah. And it wasn't like something that I had to beg for. They would be like, hey, watch your brother. And I wouldn't get paid for that. I know. (laughs) Yeah. I never got paid to, you know, be home with my own sibling. That's just called being an older sibling. I know. But I would babysit other kids throughout the neighborhood and um, made a little bit of money that way. Yeah, Yeah. right around Lizzie's age. Right around that age, for sure. So what up, Sam McGuire? What up with that? Yeah, you know, trust your kids more. Yeah, and we will see that. I think Lizzie deserves the trust. It's a good episode for Lizzie McGuire. I mean... Honestly, she was doing a pretty poor job babysitting this whole episode. It was kind of just the fiasco at the end that kind of redeemed her. She but if nothing, through. but if Sam McGuire had never gone home and <laughs> then he and Joe had come back to the house, they would have been like, Lizzie, you are a terrible babysitter. <laughs> so in a way, he sabotaged the whole thing because if he had come home and found Lizzie that uh, found that Lizzie was a terrible babysitter, then he would have had an argument for why, you know, she maybe wasn't ready for the responsibility yet, but he played himself. Yeah, he would have validated his own his own thing if he just left it alone, just yeah. enjoyed his dinner with but, his wife. But you played yourself. Played himself. <laughs> so starting with the opening scene, we have Lizzie making candles in her kitchen. An interesting hobby. She keeps coming up with these new hobbies, and she's like, Remember like three episodes ago when she was like, oh, I'm not good at anything. There's nothing that I like to do. I have no skills. And now she's like making candles randomly. Yeah, and they look pretty good. Whose candles do you think are are better? Her candles or um, Serenity by Jan? Oh, you got to go with Serenity by Jan, right? Yeah, I mean, she has a whole room dedicated for her candles. Yeah. Hunter probably comes over and smells her candles all the time. (laughs) Yeah, she's a real entrepreneur. Yeah. Lizzie, it's just, I mean, they look great, but... Her candles, I mean, so Sam is going to come in a little bit later and eat the candle wax, but in his defense, it does kind of look like a cake batter. Yeah, or like pancake mix. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, here she is, uh, montage making candles. Yes, and then Joe comes into the scene and says that um, she tells Lizzie not to leave her cloth too close to the burner as if Lizzie is not responsible enough to know that information. And Lizzie gets, you know, a little snappy. But then the real purpose of this opening is to convey this phone call that happens immediately following where the babysitter, Debbie, who's Debbie, never seen her, never will see her, but her name is Debbie, calls and cancels. And I just like love this moment because Joe is so passive aggressive and then Lizzie's so passive aggressive later and it's like you see where she gets it from. Yeah well the the moment at the beginning is interesting kind of foreshadowing for the rest of the episode because Joe says don't let the cloth get too close to the burner but then she goes I know you're not a small child and that kind of just sets up the whole I I I guess um, quandary with this whole episode where Especially Sam is kind of grappling with the fact that Lizzie's not a small child. Yeah, this is more, it's interesting because for most of the series, you get this growth arc that centers around the kids. But I feel like this one was really about more about the parents. Yeah, for sure. 
Joe does answer the phone and then gets really aggro with this like slab of meat. Yeah, she starts pounding the meat. Before she hangs up the phone, she goes, no, I'm not mad at you for calling me last minute and canceling, which is like (laughs) passive aggressive AF, starts pounding the meat like she wants to kill something. Yeah. Even Matt, when he comes home, is like, whoa, mom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah, take it down a notch. Matt comes home from soccer practice. New fact about Matt McGuire, he plays soccer. Yeah, but he's not very good, apparently. But he's not very good. Um, But one of the kids fell and uh, hit his head on a sprinkler and needed stitches, so that was cool. Yeah, I thought that might have been a foreshadowing moment, too, because then later in the episode, Sam trips over a garden gnome, and I thought maybe he was going to need stitches, Mm. but, you know. He needed something by the end of that episode. (laughs) Then there's this montage or sort of this, like, quick, like start listing other babysitter options and reasons why none of them will suffice. I didn't I didn't get the names of all of the the babysitters, but I did take notes on the issues with each one. So one listens to it seems like exclusively country western music. One smells dead. One uh charges too much and then the final one lets Matt drink maple syrup straight out of the jar. And throughout this episode, Matt is kind of portrayed as this, like, Tasmanian devil character just, like, bouncing off the walls, and the parents kind of laugh it off. They're like, oh, ha, 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 Matt is a handful. Like, no, Matt is a terror. Like, (laughs) you do not want to babysit that child. Yeah, I had some handful children to babysit back in my day. How old were they? They were a lot younger than (laughs) Matt. They were, gosh, when I was babysitting them... The oldest was probably like eight or nine. The younger ones were like five. Yeah, so you would think that Matt would have phased out of this by now. Yeah. Also, hasn't it been proven that like there's no such thing as a sugar high? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the maple syrup. It's literally just Matt it's is he- kind of <laughs> an ADHD child. So yeah, Matt does not seem like the easiest babysitting job in the world. But nevertheless, Lizzie is up for the task. Yeah, I mean, what choice does she have? It's either pass this trial by fire or never be allowed home alone until she's 50. Correct. (laughs) That is a thing she says. When will I be old enough to trust? When I'm 50. And it's quite an explosion. Yeah. Like she dials it up really quickly. I mean, we saw it from Joe in the last episode. Yeah. And... (laughs) Yeah, now Lizzie's exhibiting that same trait. Then I believe it's Sam that says, where's Miss Stoutfire when you need her? Um, And that's the moment where he eats the candle wax. Of course he does. And yeah, of course he does. <laughs> like, like, that's really consistent with his character yeah, like, up to this are, point. Why are we not surprised? I'm not. No, not at all. Then we cut to theme song, and then we're in the school cafeteria, we get another wild Windows Movie Maker PowerPoint-esque transition. Yeah, it's like a scene. spiral. Yes, of the school building. A rotation and shot. a spiral. It's a lot. Lizzie and Miranda are talking about what the perfect town would be. Miranda says that her perfect town would be 500 Hot Topic stores and a 10-story shopping mall. Yeah, one Hot Topic store is too many. <laughs> so I can only imagine 500 Hot Topic stores all in one town. Does, First, that, does everyone just live in the Hot Topic stores? I get that would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> no, do not endorse this. This was also part of the episode. Like, there are a bunch of things that happened in this episode that never really got resolved at the end, but happens purely just to keep the plot going. Like... This whole subplot of, like, this assignment was, like, a huge part of the episode, but we never saw the end results of their town. Like, what is their town? And then there's the whole subplot with, like, Kate wants to go to the off-brand Radio Shack to get, like, a CAD project, uh, a CAD program to design this town for her. What's happening with that? Yes, they have a school project to design a model town with their minds. Just their minds. Not the computer. Not the computer. Also, it's a, So that was something that confused me because if she went to the Radio Shack and it was like a CAD program, you would still have to create the world with your mind. You would just be drawing it out 
on a computer. So is it actually like this? Like, is she going to get The Sims? Because that would be <laughs> that would be an example of the computer building a world for you. But yeah. it sounds more generic than that. The program that Kate asks for is called um, Cyber Town Maker. <laughs> Could be a Sims off-brand, actually. An off-brand Sims. Um, That's another language that I speak. <laughs> you don't play The Sims, do you? I've never played The Sims. It's also like almost English, but not. <laughs> I feel like based on my Animal Crossing experience thus far, it's probably a good decision that I don't play Sims because I don't think I'd do anything else. Yeah, but in The Sims, you can get a little bit more risque than you can with Animal Crossing. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I liked the line when Gordo comes into the scene and Lizzie asks him, like, what what does she say? She says something about, like, imagine you live in a boring suburb where all the houses look alike and everyone's predictable. And then Gordo says, I do live in a boring suburb where all the houses look alike and everyone's predictable. Yeah. Also, when Gordo comes into the scene... Miranda is like holding her arm up to show like the height of her 10 story mall or whatever. And then Gordo says, is that like the height of Tom Cruise? Which I feel like is rich coming from Gordo because he is probably the only person who's shorter than Tom Cruise. Yeah. (laughs) And then Miranda responds, Tom Cruise isn't short. He just has small bones. Yeah, that's why when they were filming that movie, um, his entire foot cracked. Ugh. I still wince every time. Because they left it in the movie? Yeah, like, when we could go to the movies, we go to a lot of movies, and we would see that trailer over and over again. I winced every time. I saw the movie. Yeah? Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was all right. Tom... Tom, It's a pretty classic Mission Impossible movie. You know, Tom Cruise holds up in a way that a lot of these pop culture references do not, so... I mean, he's still a Scientologist, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but besides that but he's still somewhat relevant in besides that he's he, mainstream he hasn't been me too <laughs> yeah. yeah so so could be worse but anyways back to the boring suburb i don't know i don't know about you but that really resonated with me because we also i think it's safe to say that we grew up in a boring suburb Where all the houses look the same. Yeah, totally. But Gordo's (laughs) idea for, like, the perfect town is a little bit different than what I would envision for my own town. I would agree with that. In Gordo's perfect town, it would include a bookstore with Navajo and Greek philosophers, a coffee house where people only discuss music and politics, and a thousand-foot water slide leading to a counter where they serve free deep fried pizza also important to note that tyra banks would be the mayor yeah so this is like a mix of like npr as a town but (laughs) (laughs) mixed with typhoon lagoon (laughs) he's given it a lot of that movie where tyra banks is a doll but then she turns into a person Oh, life size (laughs) we should recap life size is that a disney movie yes is it i'm sure it's on disney plus Wow. If this quarantine goes on much longer, might just have to watch the whole Disney Plus library. Problematic content included. (laughs) We'll talk about it all. So from there, that's where Kate asks Gordo about Cyber Town Maker. Yeah, Um, she asks, um, (laughs) where's the software shack? (laughs) I like it. In terms of off-brand names, it's not the worst. Yeah, I mean... You have to remember, this was an era where shops like Radio Shack and Circuit City existed. And were thriving. Yeah. Loved a good Circuit City. And then Lizzie says that you're supposed to do this project with your mind, but then immediately turns around and asks Gordo why he didn't tell them that there was a program like that. Yeah. And then Gordo says, yeah, because it costs 60 bucks. I didn't think you could afford it. Oof. (laughs) Does he realize they live in... In, like, white suburbia? Yes, but I would imagine that at least Lizzie's parents are the type of parents to be like, you gotta earn your things. We're not just gonna hand you a a $60 software. They spent an an inordinate amount of money um, subsidizing her rhythmic gymnastics for, like, five minutes. (laughs) But she could have gone to the Olympics. 
Well, who knows? She could go to esports. They could get on, on the ground floor <laughs> with uh, Cyber Town Maker. It could be the start of something like a whole new world. I thought you were going to say the start of something new. Yeah, I was almost going to, and then I stopped myself <laughs> because I, I could just, I could, I, I saw into the future and I saw that rabbit hole and I was like, no, quick pivot. <laughs> into a whole new world. To which Kate responds by pulling out her giant wad of money um, and starts counting it in front of them by the 20s. Now, if I had 60 plus dollars in my possession as a 13-year-old, I would not be bringing it to school with me. Well, what would you do with it? Got to show it off to somebody. No, you don't. Yeah, make it rain. Um, and she says that she can afford it because she babysits. Yep, and then Lizzie is pissed. Very pissed. She's like, since when does Kate babysit? Um, why don't they just make her queen of the world and get it over with? Yeah, and, and Gordo, <laughs> of course, it's because Kate is more developed. Yeah, Miranda's she like, we get it, Gordo. She's stacked. <laughs> to which Gordo's like, yeah, she is. And it made me wince. Yeah, I don't know. Gordo seems to be a little bit turned on by Kate right now. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> don't need that. So as Lizzie is, you know, going off about Kate babysitting and all the reasons why she should be able to babysit, like she is just as mature, blah, blah, blah. It's like this quick transition from school back to her house where they're like, she's like still talking as the transition happens. And she's telling her mom that Kate babysits. I want to babysit. <laughs> Which Joe is like, Kate babysits? And just like imagine the scenario where like Kate has to babysit Lizzie and Matt. That would have been a, an interesting episode as well. Disaster. Um, But then Lizzie, I mean like, Lizzie starts arguing her point, and Lizzie's whole argument is trust. This is a trust thing, and if you let me babysit, that means you trust me, and if you don't, that means you don't, because you trust me to get back and forth to school every day, therefore. Yeah, uh, the whole time this is happening, Sam is painting a garden gnome that will become a big player in the episode later on. A gar the garden gnomes are a recurring motif, if you will. Yeah, imagine if the opening uh, sequence was actually them playing with garden gnomes instead of a kickball. <laughs> imagine. But yeah, um, Sam is really trying to shoot this whole thing down. Joe is the one who's biting a little bit, but Sam is like, no, no, absolutely not. And so he looks for some backup from Matt, and he's like, Matt, if Lizzie was babysitting, like, what would you do? He wants Matt to say something completely crazy, just like prove him right. And Matt is like, oh, I'll just watch TV, I guess. Yeah, just did not did not come through in that moment. And so Sam has no choice but to agree to the terms. And Lizzie gets to babysit. And then we cut to later that evening where Sam and Joe are getting ready to head out. Lizzie and Miranda is over and they're working on their model town. So it's very like, it's not just Lizzie who's babysitting. Apparently Lizzie and Miranda are babysitting and then also... Gordo shows up with one of the best lines in the episode when he says, my parents said I could come over if that's okay with you. Yeah, like, <laughs> like Gordo just. it like, sounds like his parents just told him flat out, like, get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Leave, invite yourself over to Lizzie's. Like, it sounds like they were actually looking for a babysitter for Gordo as well. And then he, like, thinks he's getting paid. Like, I'm really confused by the payment structure of what's happening. Same. Like, did the Maguires just screw themselves by hiring three babysitters to take care of one child? I would assume that it's Lizzie who screwed herself by, <laughs> <laughs> like, hiring a staff for a one-person job. <laughs> now she has to split her her payout three ways when she could have just kept all that money for herself. I know. Miranda, like, fine. Like, you're, you want to work on your projects together. Gordo is just a mooch. Yeah. And he, he's not even like trying to hide that. No. He's like, I'm all about the green. <laughs> so Sam and Joe are really dressed up and you don't know where they're going yet. You know that they need a babysitter, but you have no idea like where they're going. So I wrote in my notes at this point, are they going to a gala? Oh, that's really funny actually, because well, we'll get there. So they're getting ready to leave. 
Sam starts listing all the rules. Don't answer the door. Matt's bedtime is nine o'clock. Like Lizzie's like, I know because I live here. Like I see him go to bed at nine o'clock every night. Dad got this. He says that both of their cell phones are on them to which I wrote down. Both of our parents have cell phones in 2001. They need to stay connected. They probably had Sitgo. Sitgo? You mean singular? Oh, yeah. Wait, is it, what is Sitgo? Is that a gas station? Yeah. Yeah, probably singular, singular then. Singular raising, raising the, the bar. bar. <laughs> Did you ever have to, like, line up by height in school and people would say, like, singular raising the bar? I think so, actually, yeah. <laughs> Which, lining up by height, like, what a useless exercise. Like, what's the... <laughs> What is the po- what was ever know. the point of that? I digress. Like the point of lining up in general also was just like kind of a waste of time. People would be like line up and it would just be like, no, we're wasting time lining up where if you all just left, we could just get wherever we need to go. Yeah. Single file line, line <laughs> leaders. Single file line is the most inefficient way to get around someplace. <laughs> yeah, but rules are rules. They'd be like, oh, if there's a fire, here's what we're going to do. We're going to line, we're going to spend time lining up single file first. Like, no, just get out. Just leave. <laughs> Find your place outside. Don't waste time getting in a single file line. That's the most inefficient kind of line. Correct. At least do a two by two. Anyways, parents leave. On the way out, Sam says, we're trusting you, Lizzie. Lizzie asks him to repeat that statement because that means a lot to her and they're really driving home. The point of the episode trust 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 from there we cut to parents are gone lizzie says i'm in charge i'm the ranking adult i'm queen of the world which is just so much power got to her head so quickly yeah and then is taken away from her so quickly correct miranda's kind of annoyed that gordo is there and gordo's response is why should girls have a monopoly on babysitting To which Miranda replies, because boys have a monopoly on burping the Pledge of Allegiance. Yep. Uh, And then there's something with the race car. I don't know. Is that part of the town that they're talking about? Like they used a race car as part of the town that they're creating? Because Matt is like, I want to be the race car. Like, what's he talking about? Unclear. But that would make sense. Yeah. But then Lizzie's like, no, just watch Willy Wonka. Which, great movie. Great choice. Yeah. I love that movie. But, um... And he and, yeah. and she's like, when we're done, we can play. And Matt's like, okay. And Lizzie thinks that this is a babysitting win. But then time passes. Yeah, like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And we cut back to Matt jumping up and down going, race car, race car, race car, race car, race car. Yeah, he's, he's, he's lost it already. Rapid, rapid devolution. Yeah, how quickly we've devolved. <laughs> so from there, we cut to see what the parents' big date is, and it's dinner at a Chinese restaurant. It is dinner at a Chinese restaurant um, with some real cringy lines just mixed in for I don't know what effect, just because. Yeah, I mean, I think we can decidedly say, at least in these early episodes, that Lizzie McGuire kind of has a race issue. It does kind of have a race issue. No minorities, and then when they are depicting a minority, it's just a very stereotypical thing. Like, the hostess is like, haven't seen you since Year of the Tiger. What does that even like, mean? <laughs> like, Asian people don't just casually drop the lunar calendar in, <laughs> in speech. Like, I know, you know? <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a thing that people say. Yeah, you would never say, oh... How is your year of the whatever year it is? Yeah. And it wouldn't, we wouldn't like, I don't know, reference specific years by the Zodiac animal. Like if it's been, if like you hadn't seen someone since like 95, you would either say that or just been like, it's been a long time. Yeah. So Ugh. yeah. Um, the music's not great either. We'll leave it at that. Back at the house. I think I actually want to play this clip because we continue to see this just like this whole babysitting stint devolves really quickly. Lizzie has lost control. This had better come out of the carpet, Matt. What'd you give him grape juice for? I told you ginger ale. 
His ginger ale is purple. Grape juice was the only thing that would shut him up. He won't do a thing you say. Matt, go upstairs, change your shirt, and get cleaned up now. No. See? Zip it. Why should I? He won't. Matt, starting right now, you do everything I tell you. Or I'll tell Mom and Dad. Nuh-uh. You want Mom and Dad to think you're a good babysitter. So you're going to say things would great. Then I'll squash you like a bug instead. Then I'll tell Mom and Dad. Face it. I'm in charge here. No. I am in charge here. Matt, what do you say we go upstairs and find you a clean shirt? OK. <sighs> I'm an older male. He's impressed by me. Well, I'm in charge here, and he's supposed to do what I say, not what you say. Who cares who says to do it? He needs a new shirt. He's as sticky as the floor of a movie theater. Matt, don't lean there. I'm stuck. Matt. <sighs> so yes, Lizzie loses her power as quickly as she gained it. Yeah, she's not, I can already tell if she was ever in a situation where she needed to negotiate, she would lose. She would fail miserably. She can't even win this negotiation with a 10-year-old. Matt is just, Matt is just devious, though. He's right. Like, what? He does have the upper hand here because she so badly wants to be a good babysitter. Yeah, so and this, episode should actually, <laughs> this episode should actually be called You Played Yourself because first Sam played himself and now Lizzie has played herself. <laughs> By making it so obvious what she wants that everybody can see through her, including Matt McGuire. True. I really loved um, Gordo in this scene. I actually kind of love Gordo in this episode, despite the fact that he invited himself over. Like, every, like his reactions, the rest of this episode, like when he's just sitting on the couch and like kind of like smirking slash wincing at everything. It's really funny. Yeah, but there's no need for him to be there. But he's an older male. And he gets Matt to listen to him. But Matt literally gets stuck to the wall yeah. because he's so sticky. How does that happen? How is that possible? It's not. It's not. <laughs> so what a weird thing to happen. He's like, I'm stuck to the wall. Then we cut back to the parents. And Sam is fidgeting a lot. Yeah, um, he's really, um, he's uh, whittling down those chopsticks. Yeah, and Joe is very like, was he's mature. Here are the mature things that she does, to which Sam counters all of the immature things she does. And by immature, it's just like being, you know, a 13-year-old. Yeah. So the one thing that I think was interesting uh, that they mentioned that Lizzie can do is that she's the only person that can do picture in picture. And I'm not really sure what this means. I'm assuming that it means getting two television programs or networks to show up on your TV at the same time. But why would you want to do that? Because Sam is like, she can get MTV and cartoons to play at the same time. Like, that seems like such a headache and an eyesore. Why would you want, why would anybody want that? That does seem to be what it means. I just Googled it real quickly. And it's like, you can have your main program up on a TV and then like a secondary program in like a little square in the corner. Oh my God. Imagine how terrible of a viewing experience that is. Like this is 2001. It's standard definition, like 16 inch screens. Uh, Why would uh, you do that to yourself? I'm like gagging just thinking about this. <laughs> like there's vomit in my mouth. It's so uh, unnecessary. <laughs> no, what a terrible idea. What a horrible viewer experience. I'm appalled. I'm so turned off. But yeah, Sam wants to go home to check on Lizzie and the kids and make sure everything's okay. Joe is like, you can't do that. She'll never trust you. And he's like, what if I just sneak around, peek through the window like a creep, and then come right back? Yeah, that'll work. That'll do it. To which Joe is like, okay. So Sam just gets up and like leaves his wife alone at dinner for an unspecified amount of time. We don't know how far away this restaurant is from their home. We don't really know how long he was at the house. And he never comes back by the, like, he, he never makes it back. Good thing Joe has her cell phone. True. Call me on my cell phone. I almost did that. <laughs> Deep cut. Back at the house, everything is just continuing to unravel. Gordo at this point is just like done even trying and he's just like watching TV 
Lizzie snaps at him and says, you're not here to watch TV on my couch. To which he replies, fine, I'll go watch it in your bedroom. And he just gets up and leaves. Yeah, they're not going to buy Lizzie a $60 computer program, know, but, but they, she- they'll, buy, they'll buy her a TV for her bedroom. Yeah. I think that my earlier position is now justified. Okay, fair. I know. I never had a TV in my bedroom. Me either. That wasn't even an option. I didn't even have a TV, Jack. Same. Miranda is working on Mirandaville and like that's not going so great either. And Lizzie just really feels like she's handling everything herself, which is supposed to be her job. Yeah. And Matt this whole time is trying to see how strong the vacuum is. And apparently that's enough to cut the power. Yep. It causes causes the entire house to short circuit. It's it's short circuit city. Boom. Hashtag nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Um, To which animated Lizzie at this point can admit to herself that she's in a little over her head here and say, I hate it when dad's right. Yeah. So now all the lights in the house are out. Um, Matt is playing with a flashlight. And this is the moment that Sam returns to the house. Yes. And he starts sleuthing. The lights are all off and the back curtains are also all closed. So he can't really see inside. All he wants to do is spy. Like, he doesn't want to interfere at this point. He just wants to see what's going on for his own peace of mind and then get back to the stereotypical Asian restaurant. Yes, so while Dad is outside figuring out the best way to sleuth, we cut back to inside where Lizzie is lighting all those candles she made. Yeah, and apparently they're not great candles. Everybody does not think that they smell great. So by everyone, it's Matt and Gordo, which is also kind of like that's at least 50 percent. But they're guys and there is this whole like guys don't like candles sort of very like one note thing. You don't really like when I burn candles. No, candles give me a headache. Mm. They're also they also (laughs) seem like a waste of money. It's literally burning away your money. That's what my dad says. Well, Um, it's just I don't get them. And Matt says they stink, and Lizzie's response is her just screeching, it's vanilla, it's soothing. Yeah, which, if it stinks, it stinks. It doesn't matter whether it's vanilla or not. I would be soothed. So as they're bickering, Sam is trying to look through the window above the door, like above the like the sliding door, um, and he needs a boost. Yeah, he's like Tom Cruise level short. Correct. He needs a boost, so he, you know, tries to boost himself up on the back of, like, a patio chair, but the chair collapses under him, and he falls backwards over the patio table and into his garden gnome. Like, he could have impaled himself. Yeah, it looked like he was going to get impaled. Like, he was going to just get gored, like, through the <laughs> through the midsection. I was really nervous for him for a second. And it really just like knocks the wind out of him because he starts talking like this. Yeah, it makes for like half the episode. Yeah, maybe it actually did impale him and his lung collapsed, and that's why he sounded like that the whole episode. I don't know. Something happened, but (laughs) the noise really startles the kids inside. What is that? Is it a burglar? It could be a burglar, or it could be a raccoon. Those were the two conclusions. I mean, what is a raccoon if not a tiny burglar? That's a little bandit. Bandit eyes. <laughs> Just rummaging through your trash can. That's so true. Yeah. Like Crash Bandicoot, the thievious raccoonus. It's <laughs> a raccoon. Yeah. And he was a thief. Do you think it? <laughs> if it was a raccoon, would it be Tommy or Timmy? <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be Timmy. Or Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated. Why are two of them named Tom? <laughs> And one is named Timmy. This is an Animal Crossing reference again (laughs) for anybody who's a little bit confused. I think that the raccoon would be Timmy because Timmy's the one who is the real. um, Yeah, Timmy needs to make a name for himself. So he's out here in a nondescript place rummaging through trash cans. Yeah, he'd be looking for stuff to sell. Anyways, to, you know, combat the burglar slash raccoon slash burglar raccoon. They start making noise. Yeah, because that's really going to work. Although I guess it is kind of like the home alone rationale where, you know, if they think that somebody's home, then they'll just go away. Just go away. To which they start banging on things. Miranda starts like 
screeching my country tis of thee yeah i thought she wanted to be a backup singer but she's terrible but like she the thing that's so weird is she's not no she's, she's really not bad. great here she's really bad can i just you want to play it yeah let me just play this real quick my I'm, I'm gonna go and flip the circuit breakers so we can play some loud music. Real music. <laughs> Ooh, sick burn. I agree with Gordo. That was terrible. That was really bad. Justice for Miranda's voice because it exists. Any chance of Miranda it... being MVP this episode was dashed <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> oh, poor Miranda. She's scared. She's shook. Um, so yeah, Gordo goes to, yep. you know, flip the circuit breaker. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, but those moments are the moments that separate the <laughs> the cream <laughs> from the crop. That's where heroes shine. Okay. And she fell flat on her face. Okay. Um, so outside, dad's okay, but he's really having trouble breathing. Can't really talk. He calls Joe. And, you know, updates her on the situation. And she's like, well, if you can't see from outside, just pretend that you forgot your wallet. Just in and out. Don't make it about them. That's the plan now. Yeah. And the whole problem is he's trying to go in through the back door. And the back door has a deadbolt on it. If he tried to go in through the front door, he wouldn't have encountered that situation. Yes. Like, this is your house. Where is your key? (laughs) Yeah. I mean... The back door, you, he must know that the back door is locked that way. Right. Like, no, if, you're, if your new angle is, oh, I just forgot my wallet, like, go through the front door with your key. This is such a plot hole. Like, you're just causing problems. Did you say a plot hole? <laughs> yes, it's so annoying. Yeah. No, he should have just gone around and gone through the front door. But he tries to go in through the back door, and this is where... Everything falls apart. Or really everything comes together in terms of the babysitting. Touche. Yes, that's correct. Because um, they all freak out and, you know, bond real quickly over this collective terror. Yeah, they're really able to coalesce, come up with a plan and execute it. <laughs> yeah, there's like a great sibling moment where, you know, Matt runs into Lizzie's arms and she says, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Like, we got this. Well, so... Sam tries to open the back door. Lizzie like body slams it, breaks his wrist. Yeah, he, he sli- well, yeah, he slips his hand through the door and tries to unlock the bolt from the inside. So you just have a hand, which would be absolutely terrifying if you it really was a burglar. Not a great look. And so Lizzie, great first reaction, calls the police. Yes. So at this point, she only needs to hold off the burglar for 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, police are on their way. She can do it. Police are coming, runs, as Sam said, body slams the door. Yeah. Then we get a weird scene back at the restaurant where Joe is commiserating with the waitress. Waste of time. Cut out that scene. We don't care about it. Back to the house. Yeah. I didn't even really put any notes there. Yeah. Waste of time. Back to the house. Didn't matter. No. Back at the house. This is where the action is happening. Now, Sam does go around to the front, right? And he starts jiggling the door. Uh, No, this is still the back this door. This is still the back. But it's like a doorknob. And he's still jiggling it. Yeah. I didn't really understand this because I don't think, I think it was still the back door, but the door is still unlocked because then later he can actually open it because then he gets a saw. I don't know. Whatever. At this point, for some reason, he can't get the back door open and he's really playing around with the doorknob. And so Lizzie is like, quick, get the train transformer. (laughs) Yeah. And he's trying to let them know that He says, it's me. First of all, you should say, it's dad. It's me? Dad? When you you have this like, it's me. Like, I can't talk because I impaled myself with a garden gnome. But it's me. Like, that's just freaky. Just say I'm dad. Or he could have said something that only Sam McGuire would say. Right. I can't believe I'm going to meet Eric Carter. (laughs) Yeah, then Lizzie would have known it was him. Then we would have known it was him. So yeah, they get the train transformer, to which I'm pretty sure you said out loud, are they going to electrocute him? Well, yeah, as soon as you hear the word transformer, (laughs) someone's getting electrocuted. Like, you can't not electrocute someone if you're holding a transformer. 
And then they do electrocute Sam McGuire. Yep. They plug it into the doorknob, turn that on, and just goes right through the doorknob. Sam McGuire gets shocked, falls over backwards, trips over the garden gnome again, falls all the way into the kiddie pool. Why do they have a kiddie pool that's filled with water? To wash dishes. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Duh. How could you forget? Oh my God. Of course. Of course. From there, it just continues to escalate because Sam grabs a saw and he's now trying to saw through the lock. Yeah. Like in what world does one think, you know what will calm these children down? A saw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just don't get it. I just don't get what his plan is. Also, thought of another plot hole. He has a cell phone. Call the house. He did call the house. Did he? Yeah, he called the house. And um, Lizzie picks up, but his he's still winded at that point. Oh, right. That's when he says, it's me. So he goes, got you. yeah, got you, got it's you, me, got you. I'm home or something. And then they misinterpret that. And they're right, like, right, he right. thinks we're alone. <laughs> he knows we're alone. And that just, you know, keeps this cycle going. Correct. So that is the point where he should have said, it's dad. Yeah. It's your father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. So then this almost is a straight lift from Home Alone, honestly, this contraption that they've made. Yeah. It's this, it's pretty intricate. It's like the train triggers a like pulley that has a a paint can attached to it. Mm -hmm. And then it releases and the paint can swings the moment that Sam finally saws the door open, opens the door. They're like, dad? But it's too late to stop the paint can. And it hits Sam McGuire in his nuts. In the groin. We're classy. We're a classy podcast. In the groin. And it hits Sam. (laughs) And it hits Sam McGuire in the groin. Sending him back outside, through the door, back into the kiddie pool. Yeah, real bad showing for him. He really messed that one up. Not, Not many ways to cut it. He... He messed that up. Yeah, and Gordo really feels for Sam in this moment. He's like, I know you guys don't get this, but you have no idea how much that hurts. It does. It hurts a lot. And Lizzie's just really hurt, I think, in this moment. Like, she's like, he was supposed to trust me. Like, it all hits her that, like, he never did. Nope. And then the police arrive, finally. So she did her job. She she held him off for 15 minutes, and now the police arrived. Can we just play this clip? Okay. I'm telling you, officer, I live here. My kids are inside. I just came home to check on them. Yes? Hello, young lady. Is this man your father? I don't know. Why would my father be sneaking around in the bushes late at night? Maybe that means he doesn't trust me. Lizzie? It's my father. I love it. Yeah, real sassy. Real sassy, peak, passive-aggressive Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, she's right, though. Truer words have not been spoken. So that is that. The cops leave, and we get, you know, the aftermath. Um, I also want to note that when the cops arrive, Dad's voice just magically reappears. I mean, some time has passed. Okay, okay. You know, I just you, think it's convenient. The wind can't get knocked out of you forever. I just think it's convenient. Yeah. For the sake of the plot. Okay, okay. Then we cut to the final scene. Um, Joe comes home. They never had they never had their wontons. And Joe is very much we were supposed to trust you. We didn't keep our word. We were wrong. And Joe really takes ownership of how this night went. Like there's no blame or anything put on Lizzie for any of the injuries she caused to her father. Yeah. And there's also no mention of the things that happened before, like nothing about the grape juice on the floor. Yeah. So I guess that she's off the hook. Off the hook. Um, And then, you know, Sam has his earnest dad moment of growth where he's like, I just still think of you as that six-year-old little girl. Yeah, so lame. If Lizzie were a boy, she wouldn't have to deal with this. It's true. Yeah. It's really true. This is sexism. It's the big, like, um, really leaning into the daddy's little girl trope. Yeah. Ugh, gross. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> and, um, you know, he's like, I need to accept that you're, you know, a young lady and I, and I should start treating you as such. So then Lizzie's like, cool. So can I go on a real date? No. Can you teach me how to drive? Girl, you're 13. No. Can I dye my hair? Still no. So she's like, well, what can I do? And then Joe says, you can babysit Matt next weekend. To which, again, as our Sam of this podcast has already said, Lizzie played herself. Played herself. She's like, oh, so I guess the more responsibility I ask for, the more I get stuck with. That is that is an accurate statement. Yeah. Babysitting was cool until it was something she had to do. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. And that concludes episode 108, Misadventures in Babysitting. It was a good episode. Yeah. Um, this was a pretty good episode. Obviously, like the last probably seven or eight minutes are the, the high of the episode. Really like those, you know, it's just action, action, action. I liked that. The beginning, you know, a little bit slow. No one likes to watch someone making candles. What a boring way to spend your time. But, you know, the end is really where it picked up for me. Yeah, I thought that, um, I thought the pacing picked up. I liked that it's centered um, on the four of the kid, the four main kids together in a way that made much more sense than the previous episode. And it was just fun. It was, it's a fun episode. It's you know, peak Sam McGuire shenanigans. Yeah, for sure. And really a learning moment for the dad. I think a real learning moment for everybody. Yeah. What did Matt learn? Well, I think that Matt gained a little bit of respect for Lizzie through this whole ordeal because, you know, before he kind of thought Lizzie was a square, but Lizzie had some pretty quick thinking. And so Matt eventually, at one point in the episode, admits that he's pretty scared and Lizzie is like, don't worry, I got this. Yeah, Lizzie's got game. Yeah. So everybody picked up a little bit of something. So in terms of the outfits in this episode, nothing too crazy. Yeah, again, this is an episode where there aren't that many outfits just because it takes place over the course of pretty much one night. But, you know, got to mention, you know, Sam and Joe McGuire all dressed up to go to a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dad is in sports jacket and tie. Although, granted, he always wears a tie. Yeah. Inside, outside, always in a tie. Tie guy. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. Joe's not that dressed up. She's wearing like a, a white blouse with like black pants. Well, do you think that like they had other plans after dinner? Or were they literally just going to go to dinner and then come back? They're pretty lame, so they were probably just going to dinner. You don't think they were also back. maybe going to a movie or like a show? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Speculation. What do you think of Joe McGuire's handbag? It looks like it's straight from Tiger King. <laughs> it does. I don't love it. You're not about that, um, I guess, tiger print? Not really. It's not a style of purse that I would use either. Yeah. Can we mention... They go to a Chinese restaurant, and for some reason, Gordo is also wearing a shirt with Chinese characters. I, I know. I didn't notice that until we were paused on it. Yeah. And it's his classic, you know, shirt under a shirt situation. Yeah. This is this is look. All the other all the other outfits are are like you said, pretty subdued. Not really too much going on. Lizzie's shirt's cute. I would wear that shirt. Yeah, you would wear the shirt. Yeah. Both of the both Lizzie and Miranda's shirt in this episode, I think I would wear. Cool. All right. Yeah. A pretty. Uh, pretty. Pretty low key episode for the outfits. Yeah. Pretty low key outf- uh, episode for the outfits. Definitely. Finally, we've made it to our MVP segment. Sam, what is the current standings with the MVPs? Uh, yes. So thus far, six characters have received votes for MVP. At the top, we have a three way tie with three points each. Between Lizzie, Joe, and Gordo, who has come on strong uh, two of the last three episodes. Then in second place, we have a two-way tie at two points apiece for Miranda and Matt. And I guess third, well, I guess technically it's sixth place. But in third place, for all (laughs) intents and purposes, with one point, we have Nana. Nana. Yeah. I don't know. I think she could pull it out, you know? If she... 
gets a point for every episode that she's in. I don't know how many she's in. <laughs> could happen. I could even, who knows? Maybe I'll go rogue and just give her points that she's not even in. <laughs> no, I, I will fight that. You'll fight that? Yeah. But at this point, it really is still anybody's game. Yeah. No, it, it, I mean, considering we're not even like a tenth of the way through the show. I guess we are. There's 60 episodes, so what, we're like 12%? Yeah, 65 episodes. Oh, yeah, so we're like one-eighth of the way through. Yeah. Okay. So, Sam, who was your MVP for Misadventures in Babysitting? So for this episode, Misadventures in Babysitting, I think there is a clear MVP of this episode, and it's got to be Lizzie McGuire. She comes through with some quick thinking, she, even though she turns out to be a pretty terrible babysitter, in the face of a crisis where Miranda falters, Lizzie really steps up. She comes up with a great plan to, I guess, first body slam her dad, then electrocute her dad, and then hit him in the groin with a can of paint. So for those reasons, uh, Lizzie McGuire is my MVP of this episode. Marissa, who is your MVP of this episode? I think that we are on the exact same page for this one. I'm also giving my point to Lizzie McGuire for all the reasons you listed. I think that Lizzie was, you know, on a mission. She can do anything she sets her mind to. And this episode, it was all about gaining her parents' trust. And by the end of the episode, she did that. So mission accomplished. Wow. So Lizzie McGuire surges into the lead. Five points. Don't worry, though. Nana can still catch up. Sure. <laughs> Don't count out Nana. Okay. That's what they did at the poker table, and now they're all all broke and penniless. That's fair. Cool. So that is that. That was episode 108, Misadventures in Babysitting. As always, you can follow along on Twitter at OutfitRepeatPod for all Lizzie McGuire-related updates. You can follow me at Marissa Cantor and Sam at Sir Sam Chung. Yeah, I've been slowly getting more and more active on Twitter recently. I've come up with some really good tweets. I was really proud of one that compared our current situation to the circle. It's true. It makes the circle less fun to watch. Yeah, because it's just life. Because it's just life. But yeah, uh, as always, I'll put the outfits that we talked about. There weren't that many, but you know what we did talk about. I'll put it on the website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters. And you can check them out there. And we would love to keep receiving listener questions. We had a lot of fun answering our question in the last episode. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about so far or the upcoming episode 109 election, please get those questions in. You can either tweet at us or email outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we're not desperate for a question. Like, we're not, like, begging for a question, but, like, if we get a question, we would love that. (laughs) We would answer it. (laughs) And we would answer it. Get questions in by Friday. And I would just like episode. I would just like to say, so we've been obviously tracking how well this podcast has been doing for the last couple weeks now. And it's pretty cool. If this is accurate, it looks like there's people from all over the world who are tuning in. I know that we have one listener from Sweden who consistently listens week after week. So to that one Swedish listener, we see you. Thank you. Hi, Sweden. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy considering like when we started this I just thought it was going to be like my three friends listening yeah like listeners are out there they are and I think they're enjoying it yeah now they have nowhere else to be it's true (laughs) and we started the podcast before everyone was really starting a podcast like this isn't a quarantine podcast this was already happening that's true so we got in there yeah so thank you for listening And ask us questions. (laughs) (laughs) And ask us questions, that as well. That's all for now. Be sure to tune in next week when we recap episode 109, Election. 